Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite show. Once more, we are the... So we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. Hello. Uh, we are, for anyone joining us for the very first time, thank you. Welcome. Uh, in this post-apocalyptic pandemic world. Um, you are very welcome here. Um, we are, <laughs> if you're new to this, we're two entertainers out of work currently due to the pandemic. And we talk about all things entertainment to keep us entertained, to keep you entertained, and to see how many times we can say the word entertainment in one sentence. So, we usually go to our friend, the random word generator, to give us inspiration. And this week, we shall begin with random, random, random word generator. And the word is... Conscious. Conscious. And the word is <laughs> dreary. 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 Dreary or dreary? How dreary. Dreary. Yes. You know what it makes me think of? What? Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, that's well, a good shout. Not necessarily him per se, but like the, the stuff he's performed in, the, he's acted in. Because I Why? think of Edward Scissorhands. Is that, what, what's your understanding of the word dreary? Is it like something like dark and sad and. I suppose like so. A dreary I think of it as day. Like, you know, like a rainy yeah, I think it is dark and dull. Oh, now we have to. Oh, dull. Let's get the definition of it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Dreary. Okay. Uh, depressingly dull and bleak or repetitive. Now Johnny Depp might be offended. Right. Um, I didn't know the other half of that word. Okay, hmm. but nevertheless, we've gone on to Johnny Depp now. And you think he does a lot of, like, dark things. Yeah. I suppose so. I remember when I accidentally bumped into this movie uh, on TV called Crybaby. And it's a musical. And it's kind of, like, Grease-esque, I'm going to say. Okay. In the sense that, you know, you have, like, the girls with those A uh, skirts, skirts. and And the bad boys with their leather jackets and their, you know poofed up hair kind of super gelled um and the whole thing of being square versus not being square and that kind of stuff and um put your pen away yeah i'm gonna start clicking it and he was the main character and he sang and everything i don't think i heard johnny depp sing i know i imagine it's like similar to how he speaks which is quite unique in itself i was surprised I was one because musicals for me in my head is kind of it's definitely not sad. It's usually happy. Um, well, it's not true. I, mean, I know that's not true. But you know, back in the day when I was more ignorant in the, oh, in the worldly world of musicals, when you when <laughs> you were young and ignorant rather than old and wise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you remembered that. I I have. <laughs> How could I forget? Especially the wise part, not the old. The old you can forget. Um, okay. But yeah, so I was quite so surprised. So what is this, this, you haven't told us anything about Crybaby. What is it about? Um, so basically he's like the bad boy and he's into this girl who's, a, you know, a square kind of character or a proper girl. Let's put it that okay. way. Um, and I guess they kind of fall in love and at some point he goes to jail. Okay. So it's like Grease until the jail part. Yeah. It's just, it's just a little more edgy. Um, I, d- I remember he cries in the cell, and that's why he was called Crybaby, and I think he even had a teardrop 
tattooed on his face or something. <laughs> very gangster. Yeah. Very pretty gangster, though. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's interesting. Um, okay, what else has he done that's dark? Oh, all the horror The Headless stuff. Uh, Rider. Oh, yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, that one. So that one was, it, it's just dark and scary. And now I can't use the word dreary. Because it's yeah, not, the, not what I thought word. it was. Dreary has lied to me. Yeah. And then the Edward Scissorhands. I haven't seen that one. He's also Sweeney Todd, isn't he? Yeah. He's Sweeney Todd. Another musical, isn't it? Is well, it musical originally it's a musical, but I don't know if it's a movie. I don't know if the movie is. is I watched the movie and I can't remember. Um, and Patti LuPone was one of the best actresses in that originally. Yeah. he. I've just heard her sing the parts. I've, yeah. Which the... I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he is. He does. I mean, he does edgy things. I suppose. What is that one we watched recently about him being a professor? I think it's called the professor, isn't it? Is it called the professor? Yeah. Yeah. That was also kind of a bit. He's like, like a modern day professor, and then he he finds out he's ill with a terminal disease, and takes some odd life choices. Yes, I guess the odd life choices. Anyway, he does, he does, he does some weird things. But then again, I mean, considering what he's currently under, I feel that that's. Well, he's always done odd things, regardless of what. Yeah. He's going through in life. Yeah, I mean, there's some debates about I think how he's a bit. I mean, he's also he's like the big one of the biggest spenders in the world. You know oh, that? is he? No. Yeah, he like he he blows his fortune. <laughs> like, oh wow! Like he just buys yachts and stuff. I mean, to be fair, if you have it, why not? Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, fair. Enough. And when you run out, you're like, "Well, let's just make some more." That's basically what seems to be what he does. Yeah, which is a pretty good way to go through life, I must say. I mean, can you imagine when you have the confidence of going, "Yeah, okay, I just blew like a few million, but I know a few million. We're talking like tens of millions. Okay, well, I don't know how much he spends. Um, <laughs> to be to be confident enough that whatever you put out there will replenish that pot. I know. Like when you're used to spending at that level. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, what is it like? You know, you have. I can't remember. I read a book currently called like How to Shoot Video That Doesn't Suck, mm-hmm. and he talks in there about you know people who who can look natural on camera are called actors, and then those who can do it really well are called stars. And you start to think about it, like yeah, I mean, like if you think about how many household names, you probably got like a, a handful of men and women who are stars who are like, top top level actors and actresses and uh, Johnny Depp is definitely amongst those like common names that you would pull out of a hat yeah um, as one of the most famous actors of our our era yeah and who is still active and who is well trying to still be active because I, I feel like there are other stars who have just kind of gone like yeah I'm tired of acting I'll just produce for example okay yeah. and you, you stop hearing about them because they're no longer on screen but I think just out of their own choice because they've learn to make money somewhere else yeah well it's true i mean okay because i didn't know uh jennifer aniston has a production company does she really yeah i didn't know and i was like oh well i that would explain why you know you stop performming if you don't have to you can just have the money without the fame with less of the fame but also have the enjoyment of being in the film industry getting ideas making them come into reality and seeing them on screen Without having to be the person who has to be sitting on the interviews talking to yeah, the stars true. asking, you know, awkward questions about, you know, your personal life or 
yeah. uh, how it felt acting or, you know, and which I imagine they're like schooled to to answer because it's like yeah we're probably going to get these kind of questions for this well, yeah their, their entire career is based on how they respond to things as well so i mean they, they're always performing really aren't they i mean that's kind of it's like a it's like a mutual like a mutual respected lie <laughs> yes is what it is. which i don't i don't blame them i know mean, that's kind of a big important part is they also they are i think well um, these interviews alter ha- egos yeah Even like you know johnny De- oh, well, eminem is a famous one of course because oh, really? I mean, Eminem plays this Eminem character all the time like, in interviews as well. Yeah, like he's a very distinct. Like he's very strange in interviews. Uh, okay, he's I've meant never to seen be. Like, everyone who talks about him, like every other like like celebrity who's met him, uh, people who've met him, say he's really nice. Like he's a he's uh-huh. a really nice person. He's very respectful, very eloquent. Uh, and he is the complete opposite always in interviews in like he's very strange so he has a persona yeah it's like a full on persona like Beyonce which is what it is because Eminem if you if you know his music enough he talks about Marshall Mathers he talks about Eminem and he talks about Slim Shady and these are all different personas oh so your Marshall Mathers is him as I think as meant to be sorry if you're listening to this uh, Eminem uh, but like meant to be him as I guess his his home self like the, yeah. the, the kind of person he is then you have Eminem, who's the rapper, and then you have Shim- Slim Shady, which is like this, this kind like of the... alter ego, which is this very violent. The 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 part the of the gangster, the, the gangster guy. part of kind of who probably got him through. I think probably got whatever him through some hard it's, times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's I mean, like voluntary split personality. <laughs> but I think everyone is. I mean, I feel like everyone has, you know, even when they are, like if you think about how we are as well, right? Like you know, the, the difference between being on stage performing. Uh, being at the door representing um, or or being at home and ourselves, I think you have different layers. Like, I would consider myself a performer when I'm on stage and performing, but then the part where I am represented to the public, which is also a representation of what we do as shows and as so on, it's still a, a part of performance as well. It's a certain personality that's a little bit more, I guess, a bit more flamboyant, a little bit more... Um, uh, well, they, you know, in psychology, I know they say that um, we have different sides to ourselves. Right. And that we're always showing a different side to the people we know. I feel like just when you're performing, I think it just is taking that to the next level. Yeah. And making it, compartmentalizing it even further. Yeah, I guess it's just that you forget as someone who's watching as an audience member that, you know, the person you see performing, okay, that one's very clear that's a performance. But yeah. then, you know, also interviews with them. To a certain extent, I think for them to protect themselves, there also has to be a slight performance, a slight way of doing things that is possibly not their natural selves. I mean, yeah. you have to, because, for example, if you think about it, you have to restrict yourself in case you say something that is not considered correct, you know, a slip yeah. of the tongue, or just something that you feel, but that might be min- like universally misunderstood, yeah. or that might be fra- you know, turned around against you. So there is a forced performance, even though it is still more like you, but almost like an alter I ego. Mean- in everyday life like you are not the same person you are with your mom as you are with your boss yeah right that's true. or with your colleagues or with your best friends from high school or whatever um you kind of i mean i'm sure many people do not swear in front of their parents if they've been brought up in a household where swearing was not a thing but then probably swears like a sailor when they're with friends <laughs> did you swear in front of your parents no you swear like i mean you're a terrible swear i i am I, it's it's funny because I in our household there was Absolute no swearing, filthy mouth. no swearing, and 
slowly through the years after leaving home it's i've i've allowed it to flourish become and, a pig and I, you have absolute <laughs> it's, it's just yeah it just comes out naturally now you shouldn't sound so proud of that. No, I don't. I am not. It's it's. I'm more embarrassed. <laughs> okay, well, there you are. The only time I had swearing that comes naturally to me, like or much more naturally, is in French because I learned French when I was eleven. 11 Prime 12, time 13, when kids are learning how to. Where when kids are learning swear words, so they became a completely integrated part of my language. <laughs> Like it, it's very hard to explain to someone who doesn't I think who hasn't learned a second language at that kind of age anyone who's learned it at that age and has learned it that in depth at that age knows what I'm talking about that it literally just becomes another word it's just something that you use and that you hear because you're learning through hearing right so you're hearing these things used and these kids are like using them because they want to like use swear words they want to sound cool and pure tough so I have you know I, when I, I just I would always I mean I would swear like a sailor I swear, I, now I think I'm a bit better at it, but I used to swear like a sailor. But not even thinking about it, it was just part of my way of speaking French because it's what I had learned and from who I had learned it. Which is an unfortunate time to learn language. Heather missed it because she was like, my sister was a little bit younger than I was. She was six when we arrived. So she was already a fluent French speaker by the time she got to swear word age. Um, and then I think she was much better at... It's funny because I was a complete opposite... Um... I learned a bit of French from my mom and then from like school and stuff. So you, you're being taught the proper things. And I remember at some point later, later on, I got asked from a fellow friend. I was like, oh, do you know swear words in French? And I realized I knew none. I knew nothing. And I was like, oh, I felt like I didn't really know the language then. <laughs> that is a problem. you got to know them. Also, they do t- they do recommend that you learn the swear words first, because like well they they told me because I was going into high school like might as well get oh, get it over. Well, no, they're like learn it because then you also know when people are, are, messing, are with messing with you, because the thing is what happens if you're the alien one is that people just like come up to you and they just say swear words because yeah. they want to see if you understand like if you'd react like a normal French person. Yeah. Would. Um. Uh. Punch so that in was the face. Kind of an interesting one. No, that you yeah you talk about it or whatever. Yeah, you did you ever have the experience where somebody was trying to take the mickey out of you yeah, as, yeah, yeah. As your dad says a lot but like the, the people would come up and like would swear at me really? yeah me and patrick they would come up and swear at us uh, assuming that we just didn't know what the words were it wasn't intended as like i look back it's like it wasn't intended as an insult like it was just like it was testing, that idea of like testing the testing waters, the waters what, of like what you know what does this person know and, you know it's, it is hard to explain because i think at that age I think it's you just funny to say the bad word. No, but you don't you don't understand what it is to speak another language. Mm. You know, we hadn't even started English classes by then. Like this was like, you know, this is a group of kids who have no idea really that other languages exist. And so yeah. someone's coming in, they're basically an alien. Yeah, this is someone like it's like it could be someone from another planet. You have no idea how language works or how language exists. You you have the idea of like oh I've heard you may have heard other things you may not have. There are other countries in the world that speak other languages. What? Yeah, but then um like I, I yeah I look back and I'm like yeah it's just that kids don't you know if it's hard I think it's hard for them to understand at that age what what that impl- what the implications yeah are. and that the person is learning or so on. Because um, I know when I when I first went to school, people wouldn't go near me. Like I was, it was like I was like, oh my god, who is this person? She I, has I, COVID. Yeah, there was there was one girl who I am always ever grateful to her, like who approached me and who started talking to me and who took me kind of under her wing and who was kind of like, yeah, well, 
like we don't understand each other like but we'll kind of make we'll, we'll figure it we'll out work it out as we go and so you, you you go from there but yeah it is a bit a bit weird to i think for for kids doing that and then yeah the first thing you do is you kind of swear at them because you're like oh that that's it it's funny it's funny to see like i can insult this person without them realizing yeah um, but obviously sometimes you do realize also people don't you know you learn very quickly when you you've been kind of immersed into uh, another culture another language is that you can read people a lot more from things other than language yeah funny tone language. of voice gives away a lot of what yeah. someone is saying uh intonation gives away a lot body language facial expressions like i knew what was happening even if i didn't know what the words meant yeah it's like mm, i can tell yeah which i think is very handy later in life i feel like i still have that kind of skill of of reading people to a level of i don't understand i don't understand the language or i don't understand this but i i know just i it, like i've i've grown such an intu- like intuition of what that is yeah uh, because of this experience of learning French, at, you know, when I was in Fre- like French in a French high school, in the middle of nowhere in France, when I was like eleven, twelve, it's quite a funny skill to have, really. Yeah, it's, it's funny how you, because you know, there we people are always talking about oh that your how your brain develops when you have multiple languages, but then also those social experiences, because um, I grew up kind of always experiencing multiple languages so i can't even imagine what it it's what it would be like it's it's not fun i was like it's, it's a very hard time in my life i remember that what 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 age did you start speaking english because you went to a bilingual school right because i had an interesting thought here because we might have three you know different experiences well the thing is that when i when i was born my mom was still speaking to us in French. So I was already experiencing French and Spanish. And then English would have started popping in probably from preschool. From the first... Um, so like from the very, very early ages of school. The very, yeah. Yeah. So you're almost like kind of, I guess... Because I was wondering if... Yeah, I was really curious like if kids came into the equation in our lives. The difference that it would be... Because one thing I find myself doing now, and it's quite scary is that I start to see both of my languages deteriorate slightly. Yeah. My my French is getting worse because I don't practice it very often. And I also found that my English is not getting better. So it's yeah. not like it's a it's not like a balanced equation. And I don't know if that's because also to a certain extent I never learned either language properly. <laughs> Yo, know, that's the big mis- the big misconception well, is people are like, "Oh, well, you know, you must be fantastic at English. I'm like, well, no, because I was, when I moved to France, I was 11 years old. We hadn't done English grammar at that point. I went into French, France, and at 11 years old, French people start French grammar. So then they are learning kind of the traditional ways of like forming sentences and so on. And I didn't do either of them. Everything is learned only through, you know, reading, through writing, and through speaking, which are very powerful. But I do feel that there's like every now and again I catch myself kind of going I don't know this and I you know I still don't know what actually I've learned what a noun is because I've had to ask for improv because <laughs> I've I've got confusing but like I couldn't tell you the difference the only way I could tell was an adverb and a verb but I didn't know what an adjective was I didn't know what a noun was I didn't know what prepositions were I still don't <laughs> um, which is kind of everyone hears me and they're like oh but that's just weird why don't you and you're kind of like well I just 
Yeah, it's basic sentence uh, There was other things I was learning at the time. Yeah. I thought it would be really interesting if if kids came with the equation because if they were... um, If they were exposed from a young age to... Let's assume for now, just because of the sake of it, we're living in France. Uh, We're living in France because because that works for my example. So we're living in France. Now, uh, I speak English to the kids because that is my, let's say, native language out of the two. You speak Spanish to them because that's their native language. And they're exposed to French at school. Now, they could end up having three languages, but then having three languages, like a really high level of each. Or <laughs> it could go completely backwards and they could have a really like terrible version of each. They could just speak Franglagnol. Franglagnol, that's the one. That yeah. sounds really painful. That, they would just switch between... Because that's something that we i do with my siblings is that we speak spanglish right fluently at high speeds we'll insert whatever first vocabulary pops into our head that's what gets inserted in either language does that mean that you do that when you're not with your siblings too like just in spanish conversation yeah i tend to want to do it okay i I have to consciously to be fair to like to us like my sister and i speak either in english or in french we don't mix them. You don't mix them? No. Okay. There's no mixing at all. But I, then, but I think also has to do with, in school as well, it would happen a lot, uh, the mixing. Yeah. Uh, and then in with, between siblings, like, it's whatever comes out. Now there's also French mixed up in there. Yeah, because you have a lot of, like, French family, extra family members now. Yeah. yeah but it's kind of interesting how, how the language works and then kind of try to integrate. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me think also as... Um, Recently, I went to visit them. Uh, my sister with two kids were like, was it five and seven? Anyway, but the youngest one, he's like, "Why don't you speak like me?" Um, and you know, like the idea of that it's a whole different language. Yeah. What does that mean? It's not. I think it's a bit still far to understand. But you know, but I thought it was a funny, a very poignant way of ex- explaining. It. It's like, yeah, why don't you speak like me? It's like I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Yes, it's true. I mean, they say they're not understanding that there are that like, even if you're told there are other languages, I don't think you understand it until a certain age when you're kind of like, oh, I think maybe also when you start learning. Yeah. Also to realize that their aunt sometimes might say things that are completely wrong or inappropriate <laughs> and she has no clue. And she has absolutely no idea. So I, 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 at some point I'm not expecting them to pull like a really bad prank, like the oldest one. Like I, I think she's understood now. Okay. She speaks funny. She needs to be corrected. And she does a lot. <laughs> yeah. I am very grateful. It does at some points like, Okay, don't correct me right now. I'm talking about something very important. I need to use my emotions and you're you're interrupting me. <laughs> I need to use authority right now and you're just correcting me. You lose complete authority when the kid tells you that's not how you say yeah, go so to you, your room. You made you know? the mistake uh, because you said, yeah, no, you should correct me. Never tell a child that. <sighs> a peer, yes, but don't tell a child it. That's like, because you will lose authority like instantly. They might still do it anyway. You're just like, Fine, but not now. Um, yeah. Well, now you know. How did we get here from... What was the word? Um, I don't remember anymore. No, me neither. Um, I should have written it down. I really don't remember what we were... What was, like... How do we get onto the like, Oh, wait, you, cause you stole the machine from me. No, the I didn't. laptop. That was yeah. last time. Oh, no, it was dreary. 
Dreary, that was it. And th- I mean, to be fair, we've gone in a completely different direction than dreary, I feel. I feel like languages is quite cheery by comparison. Oh, you just want to make a rhyme. And that is definitely, that's not how you spell dreary. I spell it D-R-E-A-Y. I'm missing something Dreary. Uh, just forget the part that we actually published and edited a book. Um. Yes, ignore that. <laughs> if you'd like to buy snapshots and anthology of true stories, you can do so on <laughs> ehproductions.com. We recommend it. Uh, we promise you that at least to the best of our attempts, there is few spelling mistakes. I'm sure you'll find some. And I'm sure there are some in there. But we've done our utmost best. But if you not. want to find out if there are some, you're just going to have to it. buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just buy it and read it. It's, it's, it's highly worth it. Totally recommend. Um, How are we yeah. doing on time? We're doing pretty okay. We're at like 24 minutes. We can either wrap up here. Oh, I think we probably wrap up here. It makes sense. Oh, about here. It was a good conversation about languages. Um, if you're curious as to how many languages we speak, well, there you are. Between us, we speak... Half of everything. Half of everything. <laughs> That's it. Um, that what? Just I throw just your my pen. pen on the floor. That serves you right. So, uh, if you have enjoyed following us and you'd like to follow us on our pretty much inactive accounts, uh, you can do so. You know, by the time we've done this, I hope my Facebook and Instagram game are. Yeah. So out there. Let's let's hope that's true. Before the next recording session, the next recording session, we discuss whether. Your Instagram game and your Facebook game are on point. Thank you. You're welcome. I yeah. just wanted to say out there, not on point. I'm not being Fine, that ambitious. out there. Just like something. Just something. Anything. Anything. If All you right. do want to follow us and see if Sarah is doing her part for the team, you can do so. <laughs> uh, you can go check us out on Facebook at Boredom and Quarantine or Instagram at Boredom and Quarantine Podcast. You can always drop us an email at boredomandquarantinepodcast at gmail.com and you can check us out in all of the streaming platforms for podcasty things for podcasting yeah thank you very much for listening once again we have been the so we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast podcast until soon bye bye <laughs>